Blog Talk Radio. Yo 
you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we just praise your name and we thank you for this opportunity always to be in your presence. We pray in Jesus' name, Father God, that you will help us to be pure. Because to the pure, all things are pure, and we want to be that pure. We pray, Father, with your help and your anointing that our lives will be that the components, characteristics, and thoughts that enter our minds will all be adjusted in accordance to your holy will. And with your help, that your helping hand will lift us up no matter what it is that we detect when we examine ourselves that we just don't feel is quite right. That through our seeking you fervently, never giving up, steadfast, praising you because we know that we're going to eventually get the answer even though we don't see evidence of it, sometimes for a real, real long time. We continue to praise you, we believe, we trust you, and we state it forth, we speak it because there's life and death and the power in the tongue, in the power of the tongue. And we recognize that, and we're going to leverage it because it was a gift that you gave to us through the word, which is our Lord Jesus and our scripture. And we see things in play today, Father God, that are just absolutely devastating, I'm going to touch upon those things a little bit before we enter into the prayer vigil because some of them are so alarming that while I don't want to be too alarmist, um, they definitely merit mentioning because it could be or could um, explode outward and become much more of a big deal than at this moment that it appears to be. The potential for um, things getting really bad really fast is noteworthy. But, Father, we know that you're in control. We know that you are counting the very souls that are being saved, the people that are turning around, no matter what degree that they're turning to you, even if they're they've, they're just baby, baby teeny-weeny baby Christians. It's a great, wonderful, praiseful thing that you are looking at each person, each individual, and that opportunity for us to even contribute to that through prayer, contribute to those to so many people who may be otherwise without dreams and visions of Jesus and prayer of relatives and folks such as us that don't even know the individuals that we're reaching out to pray for. But it's the power of that prayer that we know beyond any shadow of a doubt, is that which not only blesses you, Father God, but causes, it brings down heaven's power, heaven's resources, heaven's glory, heaven's angels upon the, into action upon this earth. To recognize and to be so blessed to re- realize how powerful, how significant, how much more significant, actually, that prayer is, than essentially any other behavior that a Christian can do from a work standpoint to bless you, Father, and to further the mission of of the kingdom and the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus for so many who even to this day do not fully recognize the significance of that and take for granted their Christianity, failing to seek you, Father, failing to want to fall in love with you, failing to want to even understand what it means to for you, Lord Jesus, to be our first love. Having no comprehension whatsoever of 
the significance of the things that the black walls of death that are closing in on so many of us right now, knowing that so few that call themselves Christians and really believe that they are and are in some cases pretty darn good ones, but they're just not residing in the secret place of the Most High. They're not reading their Bible. They don't understand. They're ill-trained by their pastors, and they are sitting ducks for what is coming. But Father, you know that. And we praise you, Father, because you have given us visibility into these things early on. And even though it's a tremendous burden to carry that knowledge with us through our day, it makes it exceedingly exceedingly difficult to temper our, when we're with family members and daughters and sons and cousins and aunts and uncles and moms and dads, because they don't understand it would sound like psycho gibberish to them as their brains are washed by mind control that we are painfully aware of is going on all around us and quite frankly nauseates us to even have to be subjected to it. Making us wonder, Father, how you can have so much mercy, so much love for the people of this earth, so much Endurance, um, what's the word? I mean, there's so many words. That, that Your mercy endures forever. What is that psalm? Over and over again, it says, your mercy endures forever. Father, we praise your holy name and we thank you for the things that you have shown us. We praise your holy name and we thank you for the opportunity to be able to get together in prayer together and to be able to serve you through prayer. We pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that whatever prayer tactics that we use on the Friday night prayer vigil, uh, that those will be remembered and put into practice by those who, even those who momentarily stumble past the program as a podcast and maybe even accidentally start to listen to it out of curiosity. We pray in the name of Jesus that it rubs off on them and it becomes a part of their normal prayer lives because the more people that are touched by the by our effort even as we're live or this show is converted into a podcast this evening. The people that can be touched are innumerable. And the potential for more and more to be joining in, we'll just say joining in in the prayer or learning how to pray. A lot of people don't even have any idea how to pray. It's amazing how many really good Christians I've met that have admitted to me that they really just aren't very good at praying at all, which befuddles me. But I I do remember periods of my life many years ago that it was true for me too. Um which is troubling and sad, really. Once you come to the epiphany of how vital, how crucial from a standpoint of priorities, it's number one. And to realize that that's just not the case for the vast majority of our brothers and sisters, even the decent, tongue-speaking, Holy Spirit-filled, evangelical, church churchianity Christians, don't really truly understand. They just don't, and they're ill-taught, and they're sitting ducks for the things that are coming, and there's just very little that you can do because they don't even understand the end times vernacular. You can't even use the terms. You can't even use the acronyms because they don't know what it means. 
And when they're unfamiliar with it, they'll go into an immediate state of denial. Oh, Jesus loves us so much that, well, gee, I guess we can redact and take out the entire book of Revelation, the entire Olivet Discourse, and that the judgments of God will never happen because God just loves us so much. And America is so adored by God because, after all, we support Israel. Even though Israel and America are the two most judged countries in the entire 195 country world. But they don't see. And there's nothing that we can say to them to change their minds. Because if they were to change their minds, they would be horrified. Because they're ill-prepared to understand that going through the darkness, going through these difficult times, actually is a blessing And that's very hard for even us to be able to embrace. It is a blessing. It's a blessing to know what's coming at us. How horrific it will be for so many who will not understand the things that are about to be unleashed upon this world. People are starting to go back to life, are starting to go back to what they consider to be their normal lives. Churches are reassembling and people are not being hindered to gather any longer. People aren't wearing masks every day. They're listening to the lies that are coming out of the television set and various media sources. And they're believing them wholeheartedly. All the problems are over. Everything's returning to normal. Russia's the evil uh, entity that everything must be blamed on. Viva la, la, viva la Ukraine. Having no idea that they are actually Nazis that are murderous and horrific, false flag, evil, seeding evil entities, and so sadly victims of the empire of Babylon the Great. But nobody sees it, or so few do. Some do. But they're oftentimes that they fall short right at the point when they where they realize or they understand the magnitude of the bad things that are happening and the lies that are being told, but they just aren't connecting it to the Bible. They just aren't connecting it, Father, to your word. And it's sad. It's kind of heartbreaking, really. But, Father, we praise you with all of our heart because we know that Even though Jesus called the period that we're in right now the beginning of sorrows, which certainly implies that at some point we are in the sorrows period without really understanding what line of events we need to cross to go into that sorrows period. And it certainly isn't God's wrath, your your wrath period, Father, because that's clearly denoted in the Scripture in first, I'm sorry, Revelation chapter 6, verse 17, where it says, And the day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? So we know that that is the very kickoff point of the Great Tribulation. So somewhere between where we are right now at the second and third seal and the day of the Lord, which is in the sixth seal, somewhere in between there, the barley harvest occurs. And almost certainly the barley harvest occurs prior to the black walls that are closing in on mankind and and the believers of Jesus that will not make the barley harvest. 
They don't see the train coming around the bend. They don't realize how horrific their lives are about to become. They don't even understand in many cases that there is a rapture at all. Father, we just pray in Jesus' name that this somehow, miraculously, and through your divine and holy anointed touch, that the programs that are left, maybe many, maybe few, maybe very few, for all I know, none of us know if we're going home tonight or not. Maybe our hearts will stop in our sleep. How beautiful that would be. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. We praise you, Father God, for helping us to get to the point that we are at, and we don't really even understand what that means, except that our journey will never end. We never know whether or not we're where we need to be for sure. Our examination of self is continuous. Our repentance and changing of our behaviors, our thoughts, our character, our, our various character attributes is a continuous process through sanctification and oftentimes through an awful lot of fiery trials that are to try us. And we praise you for each of them. Father, before I explain to the listeners of the program the things that are happening in the black, the impact, or uh, not the impact, the magnitude of the horror that is coming upon the earth, I just want to give you all the praise and glory because if if it were not for this show, if it were not for the things that you put me through or allowed me to put myself through, um, thus opening up potentially doors or avenues for attack in my life in some cases and in other cases just chastening and in other cases refiner's fire but never stopping that testing never stopping the challenge never taking away you know giving me my own personal thorn in the flesh that had that took on so many different dimensions throughout my walk i wouldn't understand the things that i understand I wouldn't have the foundational under the knowledge that I would be able to interpret and see the things so vividly unfolding across the world and to understand the magnitude of the threat and how fast it can fall upon the entire, I mean, 8 billion people of the earth, how rapidly things can get deteriorate and turn into an absolute horrifying uh, life dynamic with our fellow brothers and sisters being completely oblivious and being cut off from everything that they befuddled. All the pre-trib rapture people are going to be blown away. And to, and to have you, Father, even show us and to teach us that only those who are being taken up hear the sound of the trumpet, meaning that all the rest of the Christians that didn't get taken up will not believe that even a rapture event had occurred. And all the pre-trib rapture people will be stunned. Stunned. 
stupefied and unable to understand that everything that they were taught, everything that they believed, you know, phrases that were catchphrases for the pre-trib rapture crowd, such as God would never punish his bride, which is the most incredibly ridiculous bovine feces that has ever come out of the mouth of anybody, because of the fact of the matter is that our suffering on this earth is just like Jesus. We are no greater than our masters. And even in the uh, Pauline epistles and, and the uh, New Testament, Testament text, there are, are uh, um, paragraphs of language that explains that some of their brothers and sisters during that time were literally being sawed in half, yet somehow we believe we're immune to that. We thank you, Father God, for helping us to understand these things. We praise you because it is a privilege, and because what a horrible, horrible Wow, imagine if we didn't know. Imagine if we were oblivious. How awful that would be. Thank you for giving us heads up. Thank you for giving us an abundance of biblical mystery, understanding, wisdom. Not perfect, but certainly more than adequate enough to understand the magnitude of the threat as it is unfolding. Far, far, far more than any of our fellow brothers and sisters are able to see. Some, but such tiny amounts, infinitesimally small numbers. There are some that see it. There are. But very, very few. Very, very few. And we praise you for every single one of them, Father. And may we be used by you in whatever capacity that you so desire. Keep our hearts and minds stayed on the mission that you have given us here. Let us not be sucked into the whirlpool or the riptide of studying um, the darkness and the things that are going on around us so much so that we disproportionately a lot the time that we have left on the earth and fail to fall deeply in love with you and fail to make you Lord Jesus our first love because certainly at that point we are doomed to be part of the final harvest we are doomed to be part of the wheat harvest which will have to go through so much hell on earth words simply cannot capture it it really just cannot be quantified and most of them will die long before they have the opportunity to perform that final harvest. But the understanding out there of the, of the sequence of events that are going to unfold, even with a rough understanding of their order, absolutely absent. And Father, we just pray in Jesus' name that you alone are glorified, and if there is anything in our lives that needs to be corrected, if there is any behavior that we think we're okay with, that we're not, we pray in Jesus' name, please, Father, do not let us miss. If we have even the smallest opportunity to make the barley harvest, Father, we beseech thee, please, in the name of Jesus, if you have to burn down our house, burn it to the ground. 
if you need to inflict hardship upon us on a level that we cannot possibly endure without breaking down in tears and wondering like Jesus did, why hast thou forsaken me? Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that if that is what we need to go through, that we will go through it, that we will not miss. Not because we don't want to serve you, Father, because we do. We want to serve you now. We want to serve you exactly as you want us to serve you. And we ask you to prepare us. It would be such a a loss, such an unfortunate loss for us to have been so blessed with the understanding that you have given us, you, our Father, our Abba Father, our dear Father, and to come this far yet to still miss, to miss that opportunity to be part of your first fruits harvest, the first watch. Let us not miss. And I know I speak for every single listener of this program. Let us not miss. In Jesus' name. Just because I was given an incredible supernatural experience associated with the first watch key and the escape pod that it mysteriously and supernaturally fit into here in my house does not mean that I may not miss. But it is a testimony that belongs to the body of the of Jesus Christ. Not let us all remember that we are one in the body, that there is neither man nor woman, Jew or Gentile, but we are all one. In Christ. Let us never forget that, and let us never, ever forget the words of Lord Jesus that you said to Peter three times. And when it said three times, words cannot quantify how huge that is. Three days, three days, three days of darkness. Three days in the grave. And number three is huge. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that we will not miss. Whatever it takes, we beseech you to either lift down to us a helping hand, knowing that our determination and our steadfast spirit is sufficient, and we will respond. But we cannot respond to that which we do not understand. And if anyone seeks wisdom, let them ask God, who gives all liberally and without reproach, and it shall be given them. James 1, 5. We don't even need to read the rest of the scripture because it doesn't apply. We believe and we know, we know that you will provide that wisdom, that you will give us that helping hand. We know that you don't want to chasten us if you don't have to. And we know that you're perfectly willing and more than happy to test the righteous and to, and to put us through the refiner's fire. And we pray in Jesus' name that you will do that. If there is any course correction, if there is anything, Father, we give you our bodies as a living sacrifice and we pray holy and acceptable as our spiritual service of worship to you. We are yours and you are mine. We praise you. Tonight, 
is March the 3rd, also known as the 10th of Adar, 5783. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And... The time now is 7.27 p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great, one of the most corrupt, evil countries that has ever been conceived, and so few see it. Oh, my goodness, just a mess. Anyway, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for helping us to understand our lot, why we're here, what the works are that you wrote in our book that we are to walk in, at least to some degree, and to unfold them before us so that we're able to walk in them even more. Tonight, together, we light the Sabbath candles, or if you prefer the Shabbat candles, or you can call them whatever you want to call them, because Romans 14 makes it very clear that we're not under that level of scrutiny or law, and that every day can be the Sabbath, or every day can just be a day of worship. Or... We are just simply residing in the secret place of the Most High at all times. We thank you for that freedom in Christ. We praise you for that advanced and blessed understanding that we're not required to be ritualistic in our worship of you. As a matter of fact, it seems to me, as best as I can understand, that ritualistic worship, Father, is something you don't prefer. And we praise you for every tidbit of understanding that you have helped us to come to. And we also ask you to keep our hearts and minds always open so that we're able to adjust so we don't have to be chastened. So that, we're, so that we know if we need to make a change, that we need to get on our knees and we need to seek you with all of our might. Because you will answer us. And we need to wake up in the morning with our hands in the air and praise you because you're going to give us the answer. And like the persistent widow of Luke 18, we won't quit. We're going to bug you, Lord. We're going to bug you, bug you, bug you, bug you, bug you. Squeaky wheel gets uh, gets the oil, and praise Jesus, we certainly want as much oil on our lamps as we can get. Hallelujah. The Hebrew Kaddish. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Bore perihagafen Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Asher kitshanu bemitzvotav veratzavanu Vishabat kodsho veavahu vratzon inchilanu Zikaron le mate vere sheet. Ki huyom techila le mikrae kodesh. Zechelitziat mitraim. Kivanu vacharta, veotanu kidashta, mikol hamim. Veshabat kodshecha, beava uvratzon, inchaltanu. 
Baruch atah Adonai Mekadesh HaShabbat Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. Can you imagine that Jesus is so omnipotent that these words are like between him and each of us individually? He's so omnipotent and awesome and amazing that this, these words that I read from the um, Brian Simmons Passion Translation New Testament 2nd Edition of Song of Songs 213b through 215. Absolutely gorgeous. Are for each and every one of us individually. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around the omnipotent awesomeness and ever-present Godhead, Spirit of God, Holy Spirit presence that is within us. It is no longer we who lives, but Christ who lives in us. Lives in us. Wow. That that, that relationship, when, it, when Jesus is to be our first love, really is that intimate. How easy it is for us to assume that, oh, it's speaking to the group, or oh, it's, you know, and uh, all that. Cause, and yes, we are all part of the body, so essentially it's both, but it is between us individually as well. So when you sing to Jesus, I hope that you do, I like, I do, I make a point of it. Because I believe these words. I don't read them because they're poetic. I believe them. And I know they're true. I know they're true in my heart. I know it. I know it beyond any shadow of a doubt. And I do sing to Jesus. I sing songs to him. I hope you do too. Because these words are for you. Directly for you. Ani Lodoti Vidoti Lee. I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. Arguably some of the most important words in the entire Bible for us. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. Now I went now I just went and made myself cry. Hold on a second. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in the split open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. For how beautiful your eyes are in worship, and lovely your voice is in prayer. You must catch those troubling foxes' sins. You must, those sly little sins and foxes that hinder our relationship. They raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I have planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? 
So he's asking you to take action. Row the boat away from the rocks. Don't just wait for the wind to blow it up on the rocks. Row it. We will do it together.
All right. So uh, I guess I have a duty. Well, I know I have a duty. Um, So I'm struggling right now because I knew this day was going to come where uh, as I look at the radio show schedule, I know that I have too much information to communicate. And I just don't have the time. The hours aren't there. The guests, you know, are precious. And lots of folks are attracted to the awesome things that the guests share. It's it's not as simple as just waving my hand and changing the schedules and all that. It just It's so complicated. So if the world wasn't blowing up right now, it wouldn't really be a big deal. Because there for so many years, it... it was stagnant. I mean, really, when it came right down to it, compared to today, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, we were counting the days. We were looking at the impossible mathematical uh, blood moon patterns for 2019. Uh, does it mean that they were false prophets? I'm not going to get into all that. Does God call audibles? Absolutely. It's all in the book of Jonah. It's also, you know, in, in, with Moses and everything else and Abraham and everything. So we know that God does call audibles. He does respond. He does want us to contend with him like Moses, you know, and say things like, oh, you don't want to destroy the Israelites because it'll make you look bad. So... And that's our role. That's who we're supposed to be. That's who God wants us to be. As long as we're reverent, reverent, you know, and why wouldn't we be? (laughs) Because fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Psalm 111.19, is it? Praise God, something like that. Um, So, I don't know how I'm going to handle all this because you know maybe it'll stabilize maybe this is just a momentary surge or maybe it isn't if it's not a momentary surge I'm going to have to figure something out and I don't know what that is Um, I really wasn't planning on going back and starting to do a Saturday morning radio program again even a solo one because I, I just have always, you know, Saturday is the only day, the only day of the week that I don't, you know, either have to work my day job or do a radio show. It's the only day. Um, but I don't know what else to do. I, I'm, I'm really struggling with this problem, but I'm going to share with you what. Without getting into too much detail, hopefully, I'm going to share – the problem with determining how much detail I have to share is that if I communicate something scary, which it is, um, and I don't do a sufficient job of it, then what was the point in trying anyways? Because essentially I failed at the mission. The mission is to communicate effectively and to be able to convey the magnitude 
of the situation, which, by the way, the vast majority of the world is ignorant of. The blessing that we have is we understand that some of these terms and concepts that I'm going to bring forward in just a moment are ultimately leading to the mark of the beast, the real mark of the beast, the digital electronic tattoo that will be stamped on our, or not ours, but on many people's right hands. I don't know why anyone would pick their forehead, but whatever. Um, We see all of the foundational components of it around the world, and we see them closing in on everybody, including us. What that means to me is that those who missed the barley harvest, those who missed the first watch because they failed to get all of the sin out of their lives and to be sufficiently refined by God's refining fire, aren't going to make the cut. Because in order to make the barley first roots harvest, your what, we don't even know what that point of sanctification is. All we know is that as close as we can come scripturally to identify what that means is Ephesians 5.27, which essentially, you know, I'm, I'm just going to paraphrase it, but it says that Jesus comes for a, a glorious church, his bride, without a spot, a wrinkle, or any such thing, that she should be holy and without a blemish. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a pretty tall bar. So, but the ramifications of missing the first watch barley harvest, first roots harvest, you know, it's it's got multiple names. Barley harvest, first fruits, and using the vernacular used in Luke 12, verse 35, 36, 37, 38, first watch. And as best as I can tell, and I don't know for sure, the first watch barley harvest, and a lot of people are Jesus is pouring out his spirit upon people, and there's more and more coming forward I just had uh, someone I've known a long time, good guy, send me, you know, tell me that there's a uh, YouTube video with somebody out there, essentially, maybe not exactly, but preaching about or talking about or saying that God has revealed to them that there are three raptures. Isn't it fascinating that that would be the case? Holy, 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 three days rise from the dead. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I mean, it, my goodness gracious. I mean, it just makes so much sense. The the rhythm, the harmony. Wow. But as best as I can tell, as much as I obsessively, compulsively evaluate these things over and over and over to the point of, you know, just... <laughs> you know, there are some things in my life I am just really bad at. And there are some things in my life that I am OCD as all get out. 
When I open my cabinet, I want all my soups facing forward. I want them to be lined up. I want hot sauces to be on this shelf. I want, you know, certain things. Maybe because I used to be a minute mark, you know, a Turkey Hill minute market manager when I was 19. Face up the shelves, boy. But, um, but yeah, the, the stuff about God and the Bible and the timing, because like, okay, so this is like kind of hard to communicate, but I'll share it anyway. When I look back at my, all the different things that happened to me over my life, you know, configuring intrusion detection systems, some of the most sophisticated systems in the world. One of why, In fact, I did actually configure a $2.2 million project, one of the most complex uh, intrusion detection and prevention systems in the world in one of the largest data centers in the world for one of the largest companies in the world. Is that all a coincidence? Because what's interesting is that skill set translates over to how I read the Bible, how I analyze text, the fact that I write professionally for a living, so I paid attention to every comma, every jot, every tittle. I, I obsessively evaluate the potential meaning of the scripture, knowing that not one of the translations is right, which I know that as a fact. Hallelujah. And using multiple translations and letting the Holy Spirit reveal to me and have that aha moment when I pick up the right one. All this stuff happened over time. God told me nine years ago, I'm sorry, more closer to 12 years ago, maybe even closer to 13, because this is during the website only days. He told me, you've got to get rid of everything you've learned. And I was raised in a Holy Spirit-filled, demon-chasing, you know, just as good as it gets. To have the Lord say, drop it, to do the job that I have for you, you are going to have to let all that go. We've got all these new people coming out. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The more the merrier. Hallelujah. But but to, for, for me to look back on my life and realize that I wrote an article, and it's still on tribulation-now.org to this day, called Multi-Phased Rescue Mission in 2011. And now all of a sudden people are starting to wake up to the, you know, and being shown by the Lord that there's uh, three raptures. I read Maldi Fray's rescue mission about the three raptures in 2011. I, all I can tell you is I read the text and I said, Jesus is obviously coming back from the wedding supper and he goes up to the second watch and third watch. And so where's the first watch? Obviously at the marriage supper because that's where he left to go get the second and the third watch. It's common sense. I mean, when you, so, there's a place in your walk at some point where the parables aren't parables anymore. They're just literal statements of what's going to happen. Once you know who all the players are, once you know what all the metaphors are, once you know what they're referring to, once you understand the alien dynamic, okay? And, and people are even even... Some of the guests that we have come on the show, as blessed and precious as they are, they have strong understandings in certain areas and not so strong understandings in other areas. But I'm not going to correct them while they're on the show. I'm going to let them share what they feel in their heart they, that they want to share. doesn't mean it's accurate. And um, 
and it's okay. You know, I, I wish I had the time to sit down and counsel and do Bible individual Bible training sessions with every single person that we bring on the program. But, I mean, even, even Brother Gary Wayne, I mean, he has belief systems about the end times and how it's going to unfold based upon his studies um, and, and, and all that, you know, with the, with the giants and all that. So that's great. It's, it's fabulous. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The, the time that I, the things that the Lord has shown me, I are, it's hard for me to explain this without sounding puffed up, but believe you me, I'm not puffed up. But also when I, you know, when Jesus, when, when, when the Pharisees were coming in and saying, he speaks with such authority, you know, there, there's a place in your walk where you just know that you know that you know. And Sometimes, though, you have to be careful because you might be at a place where that you know that you know that you know that, but then God gives you another piece of the puzzle and you say, wait a minute, ah, this wasn't what I thought. And you have to amend it. We should always be ready to mend things because there's always going to be a margin of error. And God calls audibles and he responds to prayer and he's counting the souls and he's watching what's happening with the revival. He wants to bring in as many as he can. Now, all that being said, these are variables. It's highly analog. It's not digital. Light isn't on. The light isn't off. It's somewhere in the middle. It's not A, B, or C, but the answer is always going to be D, all of the above, every single time. Now, all that being said, while we have probably, while we've known about these things, or at least parts of them, let me put it that way. We've known about it. We, you know, we've talked about it coming. We've believed that these things were coming. We knew that they might come. We didn't know the timeline. The assumption on my part would have been that the timeline would be down the road a ways for some of these things. And, and I must say that the timeline still very well may be years into the future. Okay? So I just wanted to say as my disclaimer that I have a long history of, of knowing, seeing things happening, correlating and connecting dots from diverse parts of the world, different groups that appear at first glance to have nothing to do with one another. But then when you start to see certain behaviors and events unfold, you start to connect those dots again, and you suddenly see this satanic labyrinthine series of events that is like these giant black walls closing in on you. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is worse than I thought. So anyway, um, I think it's reasonable that most of us have been expecting the release of another pandemic. Okay, so we'll just lay that out on the table. So just tuck it away. I think it's reasonable because I've discussed this live on the air, and I've even played audio clips with Glenn Beck making commentary, etc., on various other Wednesday and Sunday programs regarding the ever-encroaching Chinese social uh, scoring system that is going to be imposed by the World Economic Forum and the elite satanic, baby-killing, blood-drinking, shape-shifting entities from the bowels of Sheol, which includes Obama and Biden. And we, which is called ESG, which is the Economic, um, uh, Social, and um, Governance Scoring System. 
if it's not unnerving enough for me to have been taking what's known as continuing education credits, which required me to listen to a very, very large number of webinars, each an hour long and each with a panel of experts, usually about four. I, over the last week, because of a delay in a project, um, got the opportunity to nail down a bunch of those webinars and wouldn't, wouldn't you know it, a whole bunch of them were actually published in 2022. And at least three, uh, I'm pretty sure I have that right. I believe it was three, but it could have been two. But there were at least a couple of those webinars where it had different panels of experts on them. And they mentioned the forthcoming ESG regulations. They stated that the ESG regulations would be pushed down through the Securities and Exchange Commission upon all publicly traded companies. This is over a year ago, long before Glenn Beck wrote his book and started putting the dialogues up that we've been playing on the shows. And these guys are talking about it. There are actually training programs, technical schools that you can go to to become an ESG certified administration or regulatory official in a company. They're cranking them out right now so that they can go into all these companies and become the ESG officer. That's how bad it is. That's how bad it is. But guess what? That's the tip of the iceberg. That's only a snowflake on the tippity top of the iceberg. Turns out, although we've touched upon this, that right at this moment in time, Biden is supposedly in the process of signing the World Health Organization, which, by the way, just to be clear, is completely controlled. They're communist. They're controlled by the, the the Chinese, the CCP, Chinese Communist Party, which, by the way, we already know that Hunter Biden, Biden, the whole thing, they're totally in bed together. I don't even want to think about what they do in bed when they're together. But it's all part of the enactment. The It's an orchestrated, coordinated, choreographed set of events that this satanic entity, Klaus Schwab, which appears to be the leader at this time, probably, the, I, my, I surmise, I believe that he is the Pindar. And that is a title for the second-in-command for Satan himself. It's called the Pindar, P-I-N-D-A-R. It's a title. And you don't get any darker than that. You don't get any darker than that. Now, that being said, oh, and I've written articles called the, you know, one of them was entitled The Rise of the Fourth Reich. That was in 2011. And now everybody's coming out on YouTube and everybody's coming out on Twitter and they're going, it's the rise of the Fourth Reich. Klaus Schwab talks like a Nazi. It's Nazis all over the Ukraine. Nazis everywhere. Nazi, 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 Nazis. I mean, this is like old news for me, but, but here's the thing. What's not is coming to the understanding of how far along, how deep 
this stage five, and I know there's no such thing as stage five cancer, but it is. It's a stage five cancer has made it into all of the world. We're talking about hydra tentacles that are wrapped around virtually every aspect, every country across the entire world, including the United States of America. As a matter of fact, McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, just launched a House bill for approval to prevent the federal government of the United States of Babylon the Great being run by the Antichrist behind the scenes of the shape-shifting reptilian Biden. to stop them from using government funds, retirement pensions, etc., to give the money to the ESG people. It's an anti-ESG bill coming from McCarthy, which, by the way, it was just announced that Biden will be officially vetoing his very first bill. Just announced. Hours ago, which I already knew was going to happen, because no matter how much the Republicans impeach, no matter how much they shatter and humiliate the CDC, no matter how much, how right Lauren Boebert or uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene are, no matter how much Massey humiliates, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Um, the Department of Justice guy. I don't even care. I, they all make me sick. I want to puke. My, I just want to puke my guts up thinking about any of this stuff because it's just that sick and twisted. And it's, oh God, it's, Lord Jesus help us all because it is so much worse when we realize that we know what we know and we can't get through it to anybody. It's like, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's just like, it's like standing in a giant stadium pointing up into the sky and saying, look, there's a giant, deadly extinction-level event meteor heading directly for the Earth, and not one single person in the stadium even so much as peaks. And all you want to do is just throw your hands up and walk away. But we are deeply blessed to be aware of these things. So not on, so it's important to note that no matter what you see happening in the House of Representatives right now, and no matter how exciting it might sound, it is utterly meaningless because the Department of Justice is run by a completely comp- compromised entity from the bowels of hell. The entire government of the United States of Babylon is utterly satanically corrupt to a point that there is no return, no return. Trump cannot save this country. It is far gone. Besides, you're going to shoot him anyways. So we know this from the prophecies. Now, which, of course, will start civil war and everything, which, of course, they want. They love to scare everybody into thinking they're going to take their precious guns away. They love to do that. You know why? Because every time they threaten to do something that's anti-gun, every evangelical Christian out there goes running to the gun store and buys five more guns and 20 more cartons of ammunition to sin against God. I guess I'm on a little bit of a preaching bandwagon here. 
But it's so important. They want people to buy guns. They love it. They, they're gushing happy. They probably have like satanic ritual sacrifice sex magic ceremonies in celebration of the fact that all evangelical Christians are going out and buying more guns. It's exactly what they want them to do. Because the more we kill each other, the better for Satan. Because most of them are not ready to go to heaven, and most of them aren't going, so that's just how it is. And all it's going to mean is there's going to be millions of dead bodies and souls that Satan has won because everybody went out and bought guns. Absolutely brilliant reverse psychological strategy against the People, and I'm choosing my words very carefully, folks, because this is something, as you can tell, I'm very passionate about. Praise God. But so the so now, while all this is happening, and we have this absolutely, utterly impotent group of very well, decently educated people in the House of Representatives, they're absolutely, utterly impotent. They are eunuchs. If I was to choose a metaphor from the Holy Bible to describe what we have, is these are in, intelligent, in some cases Christian, representatives that mean well, have the goods. I mean, they have the goods on January 6th. Chucker Carlson's about to come out with a special on the lies of January 6th and how the FBI created it as a false flag. It's about to come out on Fox News. All the other media outlets are going to come out and say Tucker Carlson needs to be removed. Fox News needs to be shut down. They're full of it. They're crazy. They're nuts. Uh, you know, and, and guess what? What's going to happen? Nothing. Nothing is going to happen. Garland is his name. Garland from hell. My Bible says all liars are cast into the lake of fire. Liars and cowards, so we better buck up and become like Joshua. Be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, nor thou be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. That's pretty scary to me. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go anywhere near the second death or the lake of fire. Forget about that noise. I want to make the barley harvest, and every single one of us ought to. Not because we want to escape, but because we want to serve our Lord Jesus, our first love, when he said three times to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Oh, Peter was just gushing. Of course I do, Lord. How could you ask me this? And then, and then Jesus would say it a second time, Peter, do you love me? Peter's mind's fried. I mean, his, I can I can imagine his eyes were totally bugging out, and his head his head was probably rattling like a baby rattle. He probably had an absolutely completely befuddled, stupefied that Jesus would even ask him, let alone three times. Three times. But wait, aren't we all part of the body of Jesus Christ? And aren't the promises that were given to Peter also ours as well? Yes, they were. So remember when you're praying and you're singing your songs to Jesus, your first love, that he is looking at you and saying, Vera, 
Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Nancy, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Justin, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Chamil, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Amara, do you love me? Feed my sheep. John, do you love me? Do you really love me? You say I'm your first love. You sing songs to me. Feed my sheep. Interestingly absent from that is anything about escaping anything. Just a determination to be obedient and feed God's sheep. If we love him. And if we don't love him, whoopsie-daisy. Now you got to go back to the basics. And that's why the foolish virgins were told they had to go and fetch their own oil. Because it takes time to fall in love with our Father. It takes time and prayer and all kind of stuff. It, 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 refinement and chastening and making lots of mistakes and all kinds of things. Many of which know the 99% of the evangelical Christians in this country have no idea about. They don't understand any of it. They don't understand the refiner's fire. They don't understand chastening. They read about it. They might, they might briefly mention it, but, you know, not really. Every time I go up to Pennsylvania to be with my family, I get dragged to an evangelical church. And I can tell you as a fact, they're so busy jumping around and telling everybody how much Jesus loves them, they never, ever mention anything about hellfire, sin, nothing. It never comes out. They're too busy jumping around and going, oh, Jesus loves us. Hallelujah. Isn't this wonderful? Praise you, God. It sounds to me like the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector where Jesus says, look at the Pharisee. He's raising his hands up saying, praise you, Father, for allowing me and loving me enough that I can come to heaven. And the, and, and, and the tax collector is tearing his clothes off and just crying his eyes out going, I am not worthy. And Jesus says, you need to be like the tax collector. I don't see any tax collectors in any American churches. Not a one. Of course, I don't go to them very often, so. <laughs> but I've been to plenty, believe me. Praise God. So, what's happening right now, and I know that I have paid painted a very vivid baseline for what I'm about to share right now. And that is that in the midst of all of this, right now, the United States Constitution is about to be eradicated, completely eliminated, which, by the way, it really, with all the executive orders and everything else that are out there and all the acts and the National Defense Authorizations Acts that are, that are like every single year, and they weave all kinds of language. Don't even get me going on Obamacare and the electronic devices that they want in. And, and people at Anthem, you know, one of the largest healthcare agencies in the entire world, sitting around tables and complaining because people don't have microchips yet and all this other nonsense going on. In the middle of all that, Biden is currently signing right now the World Health Organization Pandemic Treaty. 
Now, there's a whole lot of people that they're like, you know, we're keeping our eye on this. We're hoping that this doesn't happen. You know, this has got to be stopped. Yada, yada, blah, blah, yada, yada, blah, blah. Well, if somebody could please point to me just one thing, just one, I'm not asking for a lot. Just show me one. One thing, one thing that has been stopped since the end of 2019. And you know what? You can't do it. So, what's going to happen? He's going to sign it. Now, let me be as clear as I possibly can. And I want to play the entire 18-minute segment on the Sunday night show. But I also have at least another hour's worth of audio bites that need to be heard to stitch together the entire story in its entirety and some other pieces that are related. And I don't know how I'm going to do it. But if I were to summarize, what this essentially means is by signing this treaty, when the World Health Organization activates the treaty and says, oh, there's a global pandemic, it is a global emergency, we are enacting you know, the treaty, whatever. All the countries that signed it, which is pretty much 190, they actually said 196. And I thought to myself, I thought all the major countries were only a total of 195. I was trying to, so it almost sounds like Vatican City or something like that joined in as one of the countries, even though it's a city in a city kind of thing, like DC. But they're all supposed to sign it, including the United States, which basically means we utterly forfeit our everything, Bill of Rights, Constitution, out the door. Bye bye. Because what it does is it gives them – I'm trying to summarize. I may have a margin of error here, but to the best of my recollection, and I was listening to this at about 4.30 a.m. this morning, and it was deeply, deeply troubling, to say the least. Evidently, they're going to be able to knock your door down, bash down the front door of your house, come in, hold you down to the ground, stick the uh, vaccine directly into your body. Or, if they so choose, they can take your entire family, your children, your wife, and they can literally carry you out the door kicking and screaming and put you in their vehicle to take you away to a FEMA camp or a whatever, some sort of a containment facility, which you can bet your sweet bippy it's going to be a FEMA camp. Absolutely. Now, and then you're incarcerated. Now, what what? What most people don't realize is that incarceration comes with very, very harsh penalties. So you're incarcerated for however long they so desire to incarcerate you for. And believe you me, when they're doing this to millions of people, they are not going to be in, in any hurry. As a matter of fact, I have a person who used to be a pretty good friend of mine. He did something very, very bad. I had a feeling it was something bad was going to happen someday, but it surely did. And he is now incarcerated in a prison. Now, I'm not going to get into the details about it, but let me tell you something. He did not even – he was put in the jail, the local jailhouse. And the jail system was so backed up because of the pandemic, it took them over a year and a half for him to even have his case seen by a judge. What happens when they incarcerate you for, let's just say, a year? Let me fill you in. You're going to lose your house. You're going to lose your job. 
You may never work again. Highly unlikely that you will. Your life will be destroyed and you will be homeless with your family. And you will walk the streets. They will eventually gather you up and put you back into the FEMA camp because you are a nuisance to society. All right. I hope that you understand the magnitude of what is actually happening as this radio show is taking place. I am keeping very close tabs, tabs or tabs or whatever you call it, as close as I know how to keep on these events as they unfold. Because if he signs that treaty, it's game over. Oh, but there's more. (laughs) Yep, there's more. So while all this is happening, news reports are coming out. Bam, bam, bam. And I'm getting them. In almost real time. Within minutes, maybe hours, at, at the most. And there are major press releases coming out that are that state very clearly that the country of China has just had a major outbreak of H5N1, and it has a 50% human mortality rate. So half the people that contract it will die. Now, there are those out there that are, you know, sharp as can be, and they're saying that uh, natural immunity will kick in very quickly and that mortality rate will drop logarithmically, which means really fast. But do you think the World Health Organization or anybody else for that matter, Gates, Fauci, I hope Fauci is already in the lake of fire as far as I'm concerned. That's where he belongs right now. I'm not going to worry about that's God. God, God, vengeance is his, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, all that being said, what's the world going to be told? We already know the answer to that. We know it is a fact. But it ain't just China. There's another outbreak of H5N1 that is so concerning that the World Health Organization officials had to fly and take control of the situation in the country of Chile. And it's happening right now. Turns out that Chile was one of the first countries in the world to sign off on some of the other treaties, you know, these global evil Soros, Klaus Schwab, whatever. So they're using them kind of like a test bed to, you know, hey, let's launch it from here because we're going to be amongst friends. They're, they're going to cooperate with us. These break outbreaks, what do you think? Now, now this was about eight, eight hours ago or more that I found out about these outbreaks. How many more outbreaks do you think there might be by now? And how many more will make the mainstream media liars by tomorrow? How far will the global pandemic, the next iteration, how far will it have spread in 24 hours? Or are they just going to go, ha, ha, we stopped it, don't worry. What do you think is going to happen? I don't know. I know what I think, but I can't be sure of it. 
sure does look like this is the next big one coming. And isn't it fascinating that it just happens to be coincidentally be on the exact weekend that Biden is signing away all of our constitutional rights so that they can come in and force vaccinations and take our families and put them in FEMA camps. Now then, the barley harvest. It is my passionate opinion that the barley harvest is going to happen before this comes down full bore. I simply, I just, it's just a feeling that I have. It makes sense to me. However, I have to be very careful. Oh, I forgot to mention one of the other um, sprinkles on this wonderful End Times cupcake. Turns out that the city of Cleveland, Ohio, they bought off the mayor probably paid him millions, and he is now telling everybody that he is very excited to ally himself with the World Economic Forum, and they are going to be the first United States city to become a 15-minute city. I know. Probably think I'm crazy. No, I'm not. I'm telling you it's a fact. I saw the mayor. I listened to him say it, and I couldn't believe my ears. These things, these tentacles of this hydra, this satanic grip that is, it is so deep. The infection is so deep. The stage five cancer is so deep that all this fuss. I remember saying on a radio show about maybe four months ago. But after the, the the election takes place, there you know, and the, and a bunch of Republicans take you know whatever get, get a foothold in the House of Representatives. Be careful. I remember saying on the radio show, be careful because your eyes it's going to be sleight of hand. You're going to be watching and getting hopeful because you're going to be listening to Lauren Boebert and 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 and, and Marjorie Taylor Greene and McCarthy and all these different things they're going to be doing. And and I kept on saying, folks, it's going to be sleight of hand. You're going to be watching that and you're going to be getting hopeful and you're going to be like, oh goody goody, they're going to stop ESG, they're going to stop this, they're going to put the people from Twitter in jail, and they're going to all these things are going to happen. And finally, we're going to get justice and. The only answer to that is, no, you're not. No, you're not. For people in the place of understanding that God has placed us as of now, providing that you're not a new listener to this program wondering what the heck I'm talking about, and you're familiar with most of these concepts pretty well, then you know what I'm talking about. You know how horrific these dynamics are if they are left to continue. If they allow a 50% mortality rate, H5N1, whatever pandemic, made up, faked, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter because nobody will listen. Too many Joe Budweiser's are sitting there on their easy chairs, 
believing everything that everyone says. Tucker Carlson's a maniac. Everyone needs to be put in jail. The MAGA people need to be arrested. Blah, 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 blah. Joe Biden means well. He's just a little old and stumbly. We're dealing with people that have the aptitude of a kumquat. And there's millions of them. Therefore, what is the moral of the story? It appears, as best as I can tell, whether this takes two years to completely manifest, is Trump, uh, you know, taken out like the prophecies say, seeing him in a bas- a casket, how many prophecies, I don't even know how many, bunches and bunches of prophetic visions and dreams of Donald Trump being in a casket. Do we get to that point? I mean, it sure sounds, I still think we are going to get to that point. I just, but being awake and aware to the point that we are right now and being aware that there's a 15-minute city pilot being effected in uh, Cleveland at the same time that Biden is signing away the Constitution and handing it over to the WHO, which is part of the CDC, which is part of Fauci, which is part of Gates, they're all in on it together. It is one big happy family of baby-killing blood-drinking, evil saintness. That's a fact. Okay, so at the end of the day, the infection is very, very deep. I don't think there's an amputation that's adequate enough to kill the infection, and there definitely aren't any antibiotics for it. It is that far gone. And what's worse is there are very, very few people alive. See, There's lots of people out there, and I can play their audio clips on a show. I don't know what show. I don't know how I'm going to pull it off. Gary Wayne is very timely. He is on this Sunday, and he's going to start promptly at 9, which gives me 45 minutes to play two hours of audio. So I don't know what I'm going to do. But um, it's all important because it needs – because here's the missing link. It's what God has given us. The ESG social credit scoring system is going – that is what, if you go to your Bible and it says, he, the beast, will cause – I looked up the word, the Greek, all that, used my lexicons and all my you know, supercomputer Bible study stuff, and yeah, it essentially just means to cause. What does that mean, to cause? He will cause people to take the mark of the beast. Fascinating choice of words, isn't it? He doesn't say he will mandate it. He says he will cause them. Cause them. There are people out there who mean really, really well, and they're telling everybody that the shots are the mark of the beast. One person who I have an audio bite from uh, is very fired up. She's a Christian, and she is seeing, believe it or not, people who have not been vaccinated with graphene and other mRNA vaccine attributes in their bloodstreams. And they've never been vaccinated. Now, you might say, oh, that's shedding, oh, that's shedding. She didn't even suggest that it was shedding. What she said 
was that they're dumping it out in the air. They're dumping it out into our food supply. They're injecting this stuff into cattle, into chicken, into everything that we eat, and it's getting into the unvaxxed people. Now then, you might say, oh my, now that is some seriously bad news. However, this is where the difference comes in between the bride of Jesus Christ and all the rest of our fellow brothers and sisters. This is where the real, real difference comes in. As I've said a gazillion times, our Father is a quid pro quo God. There are more ifs, ands, and buts in the Bible than probably any other types of prepositions. It is always, I will do this for those who fear me. You know, a perfect example is, uh, oh gosh, I'm forgetting the uh, chapter and verse. I think it's, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's like Psalm 111, verse, uh, I can't hear it, but it's, it's, you know, as high as the heavens, you can look it up, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is God's mercy towards those who fear him. There's your quid quid pro quo. Are Are you following along? See, evangelical churchianity will take that part out. Oh, that just means reverence, you see. That has nothing to do with heaven or hell. Because we're completely protected by the love of Jesus. We don't have any consequences at all. We're in like Flynn. No. Jesus is very clear. He said to everybody around him, he said, Fear him who has the ability to send soul and body to hellfire. Guess what? Jury dismissed. It's about heaven and hell. Anything else is a lying contortion, a heresy that should not be spoken, and I fear for the souls of those who teach otherwise. I do, genuinely. And I hope, I pray so hard and in tears for the people in the church. I want there to be the huge rising up of the bride. I want every single one of those guns to turn bright red. I pray my heart out every single time I'm praying, begging God to to make them all turn red hot and to burn the hands, burn the skin right off the hands of those who are holding them, to save their souls from the pit. So I don't want them to go to hell. Not a one. I don't think any of us do. I got family members. But I'm starting to get through to one. The the one who's most guilty, who should know better, but doesn't. Um, Because her church and her pastor very proudly states that they have at least five people in the church congregation that are packing in every... I'm like thinking to myself, you have got to be kidding me. Where is your faith? You have no faith. You don't know the Bible. You shouldn't be behind a podium at all. But the church is packed. God help us. God help us. Lord Jesus, please forgive us all. None of us are worthy. Please. Bad, evil, dark times that we live in right now, folks. 
Anyway, so I wanted to go ahead and get that information out tonight because I don't think I, I think I would be pitching back and forth in my bed tonight if I didn't share that immediately. In other words, I couldn't delay because it's that big of a deal. Now, is it again, is it possible that they could use this as a trick? In other words, okay, so if you want to paint, if everybody in the world or, or no, 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 let's, let's not, oh, let me digress. Let me retract that. Let's say 20% or 25% of the people of the world, according to your supercomputers that are monitoring everything we say, think, or do, especially if it's electronic, your supercomputers are telling you that 20% of the world um, are now never vaxxers. They um, are on to the WEF. They're on to the World Health. They're on to Bill Gates. They're on to Fauci. They're, they've been watching the pandemic movie. They see what's going on in the Re House of Representatives, and they realize that, okay, what are you going to do? What might you do to trick more and more people that might be on the fence to trick them into trusting you. Well, what you might do is tell everybody that there's an H5N1 flu outbreak in China and in Chile and send all your special representatives over there to address it and, and stomp it out. And they stomp it out and they wave their flag and say, aren't we heroes? And then the people that almost came to the understanding of the truth are that much more convinced that we're all a bunch of nutbags. And that is exactly what the kind of thing that Satan would do. Because these reptilian draconian entities are just that smart. Could that happen? It could. Is it going to happen? We don't know. Is there another pandemic coming? You bet your sweet bippy. What's it going to be? No way to be sure. What we do know is every tentacle of the hydra of, Saint, of Satan's grip upon the world is getting stronger and more pervasive. Pervasive, for those of you who don't know that word very well, pervasive means it's everywhere. All the countries. All of them. There's no, somebody said to me, there, wow, there's no place to hide. And I said, yup, you betcha. No place to hide. There isn't. As I've said many times over the last 12 years, the Bible is an understatement, and everything that's in there is global in scope. So when it says that Christians will be persecuted, there aren't any exceptions. So when there is a Christian church in the United States of Babylon saying to its parishioners that the United States is loved by God because we love Israel, that's a lie from Satan. And that is a serious problem. So I do pray fervently that these revivals don't stop. But I will also caution the Tommy Hicks vision. The Tommy Hicks vision is very important because there's something that happens in it.
So I'm going to see if I can find it here. It's not really very long. Tommy Hicks' vision of 1961. There it is. Yeah, here we go. Let's try this. See if this works. All right. Let me see how big it is because, you know what, maybe this whole show I'll just leave it as it is because it's just such important information and I'll I'll tell people I'll refer people to it but let me see how long this is. Okay. It's not too bad. It's kind of big, but you know what I think the time will be worth spent. Now remember what we just talked about. Foundationally embed that into your heart. Understand all these dynamics. Understand please before I read the Tommy Hicks vision because I'm a correlator. That's what I do. I correlate things. I connect dots. I connect dots that seem to be completely unrelated to one another, but they're not. I connect scriptures that appear to be completely unrelated to one another, but they're not. Everybody, I guess, has a gift from God. Maybe that's one of mine. I don't know. That and writing articles like 12 years before they actually happen. But anyway, anyway, praise God. So... I'm going to read this, but I first want to point something out to you. The revivals that are happening right now, I am praying fervently that they continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger because I want as many people. Because even when the revivals are dorked up and there's like LGBT people in the band and all that kind of stuff, and there's all kinds of you know accusers of the brethren who accuse the brethren both day and night, which are always Christians, by the way, which it's interesting because they're accusing the brethren publicly in front of everybody, which is the job of Satan. But that's what they're doing. Isn't that fascinating? So anyway, uh, make a note in your, in your heart that it's not about picking on the revivals that are taking place, because I pray fervently that the revivals continue, because in every revival, in every large, large group of Christians that gather together, whether it's 3,000, 5,000, whatever it is, there are people that give their lives to Jesus. And that's a wonderful thing. And it also awakens more people, too, because it gets talked about on Tucker Carlson or whatever, or maybe Laura Ingram. Uh, who knows? And it's a, the exposure is beautiful, and more people are attracted to it. It brings people's attention to God, even though they're imperfect. Now, the reason why I bring up the imperfectness, because after all, I can raise my hand and say I am the king of imperfectness. I certainly deserve that title, at the, to say the least. Now, all that being said, let's just pretend that maybe these revivals that are taking place that are wonderful, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus, there are definitely going to be people that are touched, there are going to be people that are awakened, there are going to be people that give their lives to Jesus. These are all wonderful things, even if the groups are imperfect and full of sin. Now, I don't know, I'm not judging, I'm not saying anything, but I am going to read you the Tommy Hicks vision from 1961, which, by the way, a part of, our, if not the whole thing, I think it was only a part of it, was included in the front part of the book, how to Heal the Sick with Charles and Francis Hunter. That's how I found out about the Tommy Hicks vision. Because I was reading that book. 
Interesting coincidence because now I'm going to show you how in a vision given to a man named Tommy Hicks in 1961, one year before I was born, and I'm going to be 61 in two weeks from now on the Ides of March, on the March 15th. Think about that. Do the math. What's, what kind of a coincidence is that? Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to read this to you because, remember, the revivals just assumed, just for a moment, let's play a game. And I'm not trying to play any, you know, I'm not trying to do any kind of freaky-deaky nuclear uh, war game with a supercomputer. Let's play a game. That's not what I'm talking about. Let's just work work with me here and think this through. So let's assume, which is most likely true, that even though these revivals are wonderful and good things for Jesus, and people will give their hearts to Jesus, and many people will be awakened, and it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And it is. And we should be praying for more revivals, more revivals, more people waking up, more people souls are getting saved, more people becoming part of the bride of Jesus Christ. This is what we do. This is what we do. We're ahead of the game. We're in the upper 1% of the class. I guarantee we are. And because we are, we have a duty, to because the Scripture says in Luke 12, verse 47 and 48, to whom much has been given, much will be required. Well, guess what? You're on the line now. All right, now that being said, if it is true, which is true, that the revivals that are taking place have plenty of sin in them, and there's a lot of inclusion, and maybe a little bit, or if not, maybe a lot of LGBT stuff, you know, and, and there's plenty of Christians that are out there accusing the brethren, like the Satan, you know, both day and night. All right, but let's just make a note of that. Because now I'm going to read you the Tommy Hicks vision. I'm going to show you where that actually is captured in this highly, highly metaphorical. It's highly metaphorical, by the way. Now, what does that mean? Some people get what analogies and metaphors are. An analogy is when you make a comparison to something else. You say, uh, I don't know. I'm good. I'm really great at analogies, but trying to describe the word analogy is kind of hard. But you basically make a comparison to something else, and then it explains, oh, yeah, hey, I got I got a great one here. Hold on. I actually got this from one of my customers today. He said, you know, I, I told him, I said, I, I'm a firm believer in – I was building a rapport with him, and I said, I'm a firm believer that um, – you know, uh, I, that old Einstein, I think it was Einstein, you know, 90, 90, 93% uh, thought, 7% action is the most efficient way to do things. All right. Now, and the customer said, you know what, what, what my favorite analogy is, is this one. He goes, it's very similar. He says, and he said it was from Abraham Lincoln. He said, if you have eight hours to cut down a tree, Spend the first six hours sharpening your saw. How about that? I love that. I love that. That's amazing. Now, I'm going to read you the Tommy Hicks vision. Praise God. This is awesome. The vision was given to and explained by Tommy Hicks in 1961. Quote, My message begins July 25th at 2.30 in the morning in Winnipeg, Canada. I had hardly fallen asleep when the vision and revelation that God gave me came before me. The vision came three times. 
There we go. <laughs> Three. Exactly in detail, the morning of July 25th of 1961, I was so stirred and moved by the revelation that this has changed my complete outlook upon the body of Christ and upon the last end time ministry, which, by the way, we're in the midst of right now. The great thing that the Church of Jesus Christ that has ever been given to the Church lies straight ahead. Imagine this was 61, right? wonder how disillusioned Tommy was when he got to be like 80 and going, man, something's going to happen by now. <laughs> Hopefully that's not us too. But anyway, um, he, he says, quote, It is so hard to help men and women realize and understand the thing that God is trying to give his people in the end times. As the vision appeared to me after I was asleep, I suddenly found myself at a great high distance. Where I was, I do not know. But as I was looking down upon the earth, suddenly the whole earth came into view. Every nation, every kindred, every tongue came into my sight. From the east and from the west, from the north and to the south, and I recognized every country and many cities that I had been in. And I was almost in fear and trembling as I beheld the sight before me. And at the moment, as the earth came into view, it began to uh, lightning and thunder. As the lightning flashed over the face of the earth, my eyes went downward. I was facing the north. Suddenly, I beheld what looked like a giant. And as I stared and looked at it, I was almost bewildered by the sight. It was so gigantic and so great in stature. The giant's feet seemed to reach to the North Pole and his head to the south. Its arms were stretched from sea to sea. I could not even begin to understand whether this was a mountain or whether this was, was a giant. But as I watched it, I suddenly beheld this great giant. I could see that it was struggling for life to even live. But his body was covered with debris from head to foot. And at the times this great... Now remember that statement I just read. His body was covered with debris from head to foot. Make a note in Jesus' name. And at times this great giant would move its body and act as though it would even rise up at times. And when it did, um, when it did, thousands of little creatures seemed to run away. Hideous-looking little creatures would run away from this giant. And when he would c become calm, the creatures would come back. What do you think the creatures are? Let me clue you in. They're demons. Got you. You following along? Because remember, Jesus said, "Go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you." You know, when, when you know, he also said uh, that we read all the time on this program. Uh, you know, uh, when 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 uh, when evil spirits are cast out, they go through dry places seeking rest and find none, and then they bring with them seven other spirits more wicked than themselves, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. So shall it be with this wicked generation that has debris all over it. Debris is sin. Hideous-looking creatures would run away from the giant, and when, he, and when he would become calm, they, the hideous little creatures, 
the demons, would come back. Then he goes on, quote, All of a sudden this great giant lifted his hand toward the heavens, and then it lifted its other hand. And when it did, these creatures by the thousands seemed to flee away from this giant and go into the darkness and into the night. Slowly this great giant began to rise, and as he did, his head and hands went into the clouds. As he rose to his feet, he seemed to have cleansed himself from the debris and the filth that was upon him. And he began to raise his hands into the heavens, and as though praising the Lord, and as he raised his hands, it was even unto the clouds. Suddenly every cloud became silver, the most beautiful silver that I have ever seen. And as I watched this phenomena, it was so great. I could even begin to understand what it all meant. I was so stirred and I was watching and I cried unto the Lord and I said, oh Lord what is the meaning of this? And it felt as if I was actually in the spirit and I could feel the presence of the Lord even as I was asleep. And from the cloud suddenly there came drops of liquid light raining down upon the mighty giant. And slowly yes slowly this giant began to melt, began to sink as if it were into the very earth itself. And as he melted, from, uh, from uh, his whole form seemed to have melted upon the face of the earth. And this great rain began to come down. Liquid drops of light, as it were, began to flood every um, flood the very earth itself. And as I watched this giant, it seemed to melt. Suddenly it became millions of people all over the face of the earth. And as I beheld the sight before me, people stood up all over the world, and they were lifting their hands, and they were praising the Lord. At that very moment, there came a great thunder, and it seemed to roar from the heavens. I turned my eyes toward the heavens, and suddenly I saw a figure in white, glistening white, the most glorious thing I had ever seen in all of my life. I did not see the face, but somehow I knew that it was the Lord Jesus Christ. And as he stretched his hands forward, as he did, he would stretched forth his open hand to the peoples of the nations of the world, men and women, and as he pointed towards them, this liquid light seemed to flow from his hands into the person, and a mighty anointing of God came upon them, and those people began to go forth in the name of the Lord. And I did not know how long I watched. It seemed it went into days and weeks and months. I beheld Christ as he continued to stretch forth his hands, but there was a tragedy. Many of the people, as he stretched forth his hands, that refused the anointing of God and called upon God, I saw men and women that I knew, people that I felt that certainly they would receive the calling of God. But he stretched his hands forth, uh, forth, his hand toward this one, and his other hand toward another one, and they simply bowed their heads and began to back away. And to each of those who seemed to bow down and back away, they seemed to go into darkness. Blackness seemed to swallow them up everywhere. As I was bewildered, I watched it. But these people that had anointed hundreds of thousands of people all over the world, in Africa, Asia, China, Russia, America, all over the world, the anointing of God was on these people as they went forth in the name of the Lord. And I saw these men and women as they went forth. They were ditch diggers. They were washerwomen. They were rich men. They were poor men. I saw people that were bound and paralyzed with sickness and blindness and death as the Lord stretched forth his hand to give them the anointing. They became well. They became healed. 
healed and they went forth. And this is the miracle of it. This is the glorious miracle of it. Those people would stretch forth their hands exactly as the Lord did, and it seemed as if there was the same liquid fire. Fire, 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 fuego, hallelujah, fire of God that seemed to be in their hands as they stretched forth their hands and they said, according to my word, be thou made whole. Hallelujah. And as these people continued in this mighty end times ministry, I did not fully realize what it was. As I looked up to the Lord and I said, what is the meaning of this? He said, that. This is that, that that I will do in the last day. I will restore all the canker worm, the pumper worm, the caterpillar. I will restore all that has been destroyed. This is my people in the end times. They shall go forth as a mighty army, and they will sweep over the face of the earth. As I was at a great height, I watched these people as they were going to and fro across the face of the earth. Suddenly, there was a man in Africa, and a moment was tr- uh, in a moment I was transported in the, by the Spirit of God. And perhaps he was in Russia or China or America or some other place or vice versa. All over the world, these people went, and they came through the fire, through the pestilence, through the famine, and neither the fire nor the persecution seemed to stop them. Angry mobs came to them with swords and with guns, and like Jesus, they passed through the multitude. They could not find any of them. They went forth in the name of the Lord, and everywhere they stretched forth their hands. The sick, the sick were healed, the blind were open, and there was no longer there. There, there was no long. Uh, there was no long prayer. Okay, in other words, they didn't have to pray for a long time over the people. They did just blind eyes were open. One of the things that seemed, as he goes on, after I reviewed the vision so many times in my mind, I thought about it. Many times, I never saw a church. I never heard of a denomination. These people were going in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. As they marched forward, everything they did as the ministry of Christ in the end times, these people were ministering to the multitudes over the face of the earth. Tens of thousands, even millions of them, seemed to come to the Lord Jesus Christ as these people stood forth and gave the message of the kingdom of a coming kingdom in the last hour. It was glorious. God is going to give the world a demonstration in the last hour such as the world has never known. These men and women all over the walks of life, degrees will mean nothing. I saw workers that were going forth across the face of the earth. When one would seem to stumble and fall, another would go back and pick them up. There was no I. It was, there was no little you. But every mountain, it was brought low. Every valley was exalted. And they seemed to have one thing in common, the divine love that seemed to flow forth from these people as they went together as a part of the body of Christ. They worked together. They lived together. It was the most glorious thing that I have ever seen. Jesus Christ was the theme of their life. And as I watched the very heaven itself, there were times when great, a great deluge of this liquid light seemed to fall upon the great congregations. And in that, and, and, and that congregation would lift up their hands, seemingly praising God for hours, even days, and the Spirit of God came upon them. I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And that's exactly the thing that God was doing. To every man and every woman that received the power and the anointing of God, the miracles of God, there was no end to it. And then again, Again, as these people were going about the face of the earth, great persecution seemed to come from every uh, from, from 
from every end of the earth. Suddenly, there was another loud clap of thunder. Now listen up. And it seemed to resound around the world. And I heard again the voice, and the voice seemed to speak. Now this is my people. This is my beloved bride. And when the voice spoke, I looked up at the earth, and I could see the lakes and the mountains, and the graves were open from all over the world, and the saints of all ages seemed to be rising. Okay, that's the dead rising first. As they rose from the grave, suddenly all these people come from every direction, and they seem to be forming again another gigantic body, another giant. As the dead in Christ seemed to be rising first, I could hardly comprehend it. It was so marvelous. It was far beyond anything I could I could have ever dreamt or thought of. But as the body of Christ suddenly began to form and take the shape of a giant again, it took a shape again in the form of this mighty giant. But this time it was different. It was arrayed in the most beautiful, gorgeous white. Its garments were without spot or wrinkle, and the body began to form, and the people of all ages seemed to gather in this body, and slowly and slowly it began to form up into the heavens, and suddenly from the heavens above, God, the Lord Jesus Christ, came as the head. And as I heard another clap of thunder say, This is my beloved bride who I have awaited for. She will come forth, even tried by fire, that she shall, uh, that, that she that I have loved from the beginning of time. And as I watched, my eyes suddenly turned to the far north, and I saw seemingly destruction, men and women in anguish crying out, buildings in destruction. And then I heard again the fourth voice that said, Now is my wrath being poured, out, poured forth on the face of the earth. For the ends of the whole world, the wrath of God seemed to be poured out. And it seemed that there were great vials of God's wrath being poured out in the face of the earth. And I remember, as though it happened a moment ago, I shook and trembled as I beheld the awful sight and seeing the cities and the whole nations going down in destruction. I could hear the weeping and the wailing. I could hear the people crying. They seemed to cry as they went into caves, but the caves and the mountains opened up and they leaped into the water and the water would not drown them. There was nothing that seemingly could destroy them. They were wanting to take their lives, but they could not take it. Then again, I turned my eyes to the body, arrayed in the beautiful white garment. Slowly, slowly, it began to rise from the earth. And as it did, I awoke. And I had seen the end times ministry, the last hour. Again, on July 27th at 2.20 in the morning, the same revelation, the same vision, came exactly as it did before. Did you catch this? Uh, now, now understand that Tommy wasn't shown the barley harvest. He wasn't shown the wheat harvest. He wasn't shown the grape harvest. There was nothing about the tribulation saints in this vision. It was focused on just the body of Christ rising up to Jesus. It was focused on the fact that many people were called, but they didn't accept the calling, probably because they were afraid and not appropriately trained by their pastors and teachers and church and such like that. So they were just horrifically afraid. And even though Jesus was calling them, they they stepped back away. Now, I don't know about you, but that kind of scares me a little bit because I know that the scripture says that, that, that the vine that does not bear any fruit will be hewn down and thrown into the fire. That scares me on their behalf. But what's really amazing is we're seeing a revival, these, these multitude of revivals breaking out. We know that there are 
they're not perfect. We understand that. We know that there's good things that will come from them, and we pray that they will continue and more people will find the Lord. And good things will happen, and the bride will be even a bigger group. And maybe more will will have an opportunity. Because remember the parable of... um, The parable of the workers in the vineyard, where Jesus gave a denarius to everybody, even the people that came late. And the people that came early said, hey, man, that's not fair. How come you gave them a whole day's wages and they came early late? Well, see, Jesus, to him, it ain't so important to him that you served him all your life. Oh, I served you all my... Look at the parable of the prodigal son. Who did God put the signet ring on? The prodigal son. It, it all says the same thing. It, it, there's never, to God, there's no such thing as a latecomer. And we can all do amazing, wonderful, powerful, mighty things for God, even if we're just starting today. Isn't that cool? I mean, really, isn't that cool? Yes, it is. It's awesome. But what's even more amazing is we're actually living in the day that the Tommy Hicks vision is happening. Remember the debris? Remember how the giant, which is the bride of Jesus Christ, or the, I should say, bridal party contenders of Jesus Christ, tried to raise up, but because of the debris, fell back down again? Remember? That's what we're seeing happening right now. These revivals have debris in them. And it's not until the refiner's fire refines them and they have nothing but Jesus. All of a sudden, we're all one in Christ. We're not a Catholic. We're not a Mormon. We're not a Jehovah's Witness. We're not a Pentecostal. We're not an assembly of God. We love Jesus. We serve Jesus. And all that stuff that was made up by man to cause division by the devil in the body of Christ melts away. And then we become truly white without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Now how, again, this vision sends a message. It doesn't cover all the details. The Bible doesn't cover all the details. I had somebody say to me when they realized that Biden was signing away the Constitution and putting us under a treaty where they could knock down our doors and drag us kicking and screaming into a FEMA camp and inject, involuntarily inject vaccine, all that. And they said to me, why isn't this in the Bible? Well, imagine the words that the sky will roll up as a scroll, imagine that that small number of words represents global thermonuclear war. Wow. That puts into perspective when J. Vernon McGee said in his book, Through the Bible, that God hath given us very few details. But the really cool thing is that we live in a time now where all those details are being made manifest. 
to those of us who have divorced ourselves from churchianity. We've divorced ourselves from denominations. We've flushed the proverbial doctrine-plugged toilet. We've run the plunger. We started anew. We started to read the Bible. We sought God. We seek Him now. We fall in love with Him. We tell Him we trust Him. We confess. We're constantly seeking Him because we're hungry. We want God, and we want to serve Jesus, and we want to feed His sheep. We want to feed His sheep, whether it be through prayer, like we do on this show sometimes. You know, we mix it up a little bit. I know that. But I'm just saying, I, I have to... Things overwhelm me. And when things overwhelm me, I have to release them. And I don't really have much of a say in it. It over it, it overtakes me. I didn't know. I had no idea I was going to read the Tommy Hicks vision. It had to have been some kind of a supernatural thing that came over me because I'm sitting here talking about all these things and the revival and everything, and all of a sudden the Tommy Hicks vision just like bam, 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 just like flashing in front of my eyes. And I just, you know, not literally, but you know what I'm saying. It was like it just, it was just downloaded to me, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to read this. It occurred to me that what we're seeing happening right now is, in essence, the Tommy Hicks vision. The part that Tommy Hicks, again, Tommy Hicks doesn't cover the bar. World War Three, the global financial collapse, uh, the, you know, Russia, you know, ultimately being prodded into doing what they're going to do on behalf of the father. I mean, all these things that we're, we're living it, we're walking it. We're, the Bible's a newspaper to us. Praise God. That is an amazing thing. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to be the other John and I'm going to be probably a little bit depressed. Because I'm going to remember that the black walls of hell are clamping in on us, and there might be a H5N1 pandemic, and a lot of people might die unnecessarily, and, you know, it's going to trouble me, okay, because there's, you know, but right now, maybe it's under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I'm not making any claims, I'm just simply saying that at this moment, this is very exciting to me. I have to face... The fact that when you go up the roller coaster to the tippity top of the hill, after you get to the top, it goes downhill. Welcome to my life. Praise God. So I've got to keep that in taps and try to, you know, level off. Because after all, the Lord told me I'm impetuous. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a peak and valley sort of a guy. I'm highly emotional and I get excited about things and I'm a, I'm a I'm an emotional sponge and empath and when I hear a lot of negativity it makes me feel terrible for people and I cry and I get very upset. The other day I was supposed to go out and have my first encounter with a human being in person for months and the person who's supposed to be a really good friend of mine who I knew since she was 14 uh kept on putting it off to the next day to the next day until finally I had to say I can't go that day because I got to do the Wednesday night radio show I said never mind I know you're busy and then I walked into my office and I put my hands down on my arms and I started to ball 
and cry. Because to me, it was a big deal. But I was trying to be gracious. But anyway, enough of that. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I just wanted to give you a glimpse into the other side of my life. Because I'm not always like I am right at this moment. Something about when I start doing the program, it's like the Lord starts to download things to me and things come to my recollection and scriptures start to spring out of everywhere. I might forget for a moment, like exactly which, like it's Psalm 111 verse 10 or whatever. I, I got to, now it's driving me nuts. Okay. Um, uh, as high as the heavens are above the earth. There it is. I just needed that. Psalm 103, verse 11. There we go. 103, verse 11. Because I just earlier I'd said Psalm 111, verse 10, which I believe is uh, fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. All right. Psalm 103, verse 11. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great. And I'm going to go ahead and click on this because I want to read it verbatim. Ah, dag nabbit. I'm going to have to open up my other. I want to read it verbatim. So I'm waiting for my little... Oh, isn't that something? All right, here here we go. So anyway, um, yep, and I got the right I got the right Bible version open. Psalm one oh three verse eleven. This is just so neat. For as for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his our Father's mercy towards those who fear him, not revere him, who fear hellfire who fear, who seek their salvation with fear and trembling. Second Corinthians 7, 1 Corinthians 7.1. Now, now, knowing these things, brethren, let us cleanse ourselves of all debris, I'm sorry, of all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Did you know that you could have a filthy spirit? I remember the first time I read that, I was thinking to myself, check that out. We can have a filthy spirit. Now, knowing these things, brethren, let us cleanse ourselves of all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness. How? How do we do it? How do we perfect holiness? In the fear of going to hell. It actually says in the fear of God. Now, knowing these things, brethren, let us cleanse ourselves of all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. In the fear of being cast into hell. Let me tell you, if that ain't a motivator, nothing is. Same thing. It goes on in verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. Fear hellfire. For he knows our frame, and he remembers that we are dust, which means he cuts us a break over and over and over and over and over and over again. <sighs> Praise God. But there's always a quid pro quo. And churchianity is very clever to figure out a way to get around all of the quid pro quos. Because after all, salvation is a gift. And works don't mean anything. Welcome to the 21st century church. Just be glad you don't have an LGBT LMNOP preacher. 
because there's plenty of those. Praise God. And on that note, it's 9, 10 p.m., and let's go ahead, praise Jesus, hallelujah, and do communion together. Glory to God. We have plenty of time to do the whole thing, and I love it. Here we go. Disciples were seated about you at the eve of unleavened bread. You said, I've eagerly yearned for this supper, and that you suffer so we children could be fed. I can only imagine the silence in the room as you passed on the bread to be told. So they did not understand. Reach of his plan In his love we were told To rejoice not to mourn So we gathered from memory The glory of the Lamb The one who was slain For the seed of Abraham As we long for your coming We imagine the feast The king and his bride When our waiting has ceased to heaven to plead to the heavenly courts you lifted the cup of forgiveness it was paid it was done you had covered the cause and I can only imagine the thunderous sound as the heaven exploded in chains we were freed from our chains and all that remains to never give in, we are destined to win. So we gather, remembering the of our soul, destroyer of death, the Lord of our own, the light in our arms, the edge of our sword, the King of all kings, and the Lord of all lords. For we. Believe in a land, all of creation, restored by his hand. Eternity, all is revealed. By the time we remember, all skies will be healed. As we long for your coming, we imagine the feast, the Lord and his bride, when our waiting has ceased.
you. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light, who were once not a people, but are now the people of God would not obtain mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. And even as, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But, above all these things, Put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were also called in one body. And be thankful. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And finally, brethren, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue or anything praiseworthy, meditate upon these things. He, Jesus, went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Matthew 26, 39. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, and believed upon in the world, received up in the glory. 1 Timothy 3, 16. 
We pray for purification based upon Psalm 51, 1 through 14. Father, have mercy upon us. According to your loving kindness and according to the multitude of your tender mercies, we pray, please, blot out all of our transgressions. Wash us, Father, thoroughly from our iniquity. Cleanse us from our sins, for we acknowledge, we confess of our sins before you. Our sin is always before us. Father, against you, you only we have sinned and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make us to know your wisdom. Purge us with his up, Father. Then we'll be clean. Wash us. And we'll be whiter than snow. Make us your joy and gladness that the bones that you've broken may rejoice. Hide your face from, my sin, from our sins, all of our sins. Blot out all of our iniquities. Create in all of us, Lord God, a clean heart. Make our spirit steadfast and determined to get through the things that we must and serve you with joy. Do not cast us away from your presence. Do not allow us to grieve the precious Holy Spirit. Restore to us, Father, the joy of your salvation and uphold us with your generous spirit. your sheep and we will help sinners to be converted to you deliver us father from the very memories of our past sin God of our salvation and our tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness the Lord's Supper Holy Communion. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that on the same night in which the Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In that same manner, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Ani, Badodi, Badodi Vee.
I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. He's talking directly to you.
Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb of God, we decree that any entity of the darkness, worker of Satan, live or dead human spirit, member of witch coven, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, and at the very moment that they set their wills against us, that they shall be immediately struck by the holy fire of God and it shall stick to them and, and cause them to scream in horrific agony in Jesus' name, scattering the darkness in all directions, making, making a public spectacle of them in accordance with Colossians 2.15 and setting an example. Hallelujah. We declare the fire of God to swirl around our dwelling place amidst the whirlwind of the Holy Spirit, blowing it white hot in the name of Jesus, that it may not, may not be penetrated and spooked and scare and scare scatter the demons of darkness in all directions in Jesus name hallelujah we declare a thorny hedge of protection around us and our loved ones in the mighty name of Jesus Christ praise you Jesus father we also pray for a platoon of warrior angels on a search and destroy mission to ferret out all attempts to come against us indirect or direct in the name of Jesus all weapons earthly or spiritual shall be vaporized by the fire of God we decree this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ praise you father thank you Jesus we pray that the warrior angels will ferret out all 
all attempts to come against us, Father God, that they will make good eyes blind, good ears deaf. In Jesus' name, we, that they will shut down all portals, all attempts to come against us, cancel all demonic contracts, tear them up, and burn them into the pit. In the name of Jesus Christ, we declare this divine protection in the whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow that fire white hot, to, to encapsulate and surround like a fire tornado all of our praise, all of our prayers, melting the firmament of the rock that we would operate under open heavens in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father God, for this protection. We thank you, Father God, for burning the demons of darkness in horrific agony. We thank you for teaching us that your holy fire is our weapon. We thank you for revealing that even in the Tommy Hicks vision, the holy fire of God was present. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Father. Dear Heavenly Father, we hold up a golden bowl of forgiveness on behalf of all of the peoples of the lands of North America, upon all the peoples of the lands of Oceania, upon all the peoples of the lands of Asia, of all the peoples of the lands of the Middle East, upon all the peoples of the lands of Europe, Africa, South America, the Caribbean, and Central America, the whole world, Father. We pray in Jesus' name that you will pour out this symbolic golden bowl of forgiveness upon all the peoples of the world. Father, even if but for a time we pray, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea for safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power to flow unhindered and freely onto the earth. In Jesus' name. Father, as a royal priesthood, 1 Peter 2.9, we come before your throne. As Nehemiah did in chapter 1, verse 6, and Daniel 9.24. We confess of the sins of the peoples of the world, Father God, of America, of Oceania, of Asia, of the Middle East, of Europe, of Africa, South America, the Caribbean, and Central America. We confess of their sins, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and they don't. We don't either. And we pray, Father, that you will truly and deeply, just for even if for a short period of time, that we can, experience, we can have a breakthrough, and we can open up a pathway, supernatural, through the power of Christ in us, for each one of them to be touched by your presence. Thank you, Father, for pouring out your forgiveness upon them. We confess of the sins of their first fathers and their fathers' fathers until before there was time. We break all yokes of bondage. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them. We break all generational and bloodline curses throughout every branch of their family trees until before there was time. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, across all of the earth, in Jesus' name, praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Principalities, powers, and strongholds, spiritual hosts of wickedness, and rulers of darkness in high places above the lands of the earth. We come against you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, and we decree fire swords of cherubim to be shot down from the heavens and to cut you into screaming agony. We declare the fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to burn you of agony in Jesus' name, making a public spectacle of you thereof, in accordance with Colossians 2.15, and scattering the darkness, we declare warrior angels and archangels to descend upon you and to wage war against you such as never been seen. 
since before there was time. Unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, by the hundreds of trillions across all of the earth, we command you to release the people now, even if but for a time. Come forth, strong men, come out. Subordinate spirits, come forth. We declare hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels to descend through the opening that we have opened in Jesus' name, and that they shall move in Jesus' name across the earth and gather up these demons of darkness, striking them deaf, blind, and dumb, placing them under arrest and casting them all into the pit in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We declare the pit to be burned shut, welded shut with the fire of God. We decree the holy fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn them into screaming agony. Father, Lord Jesus, even for a short period of time, if, even if this is prayer is staggered across a week of time, Father, we are asking you to send your angels down. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, for the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to encapsulate on all sides all of the peoples across the earth, Father, across all nations, tribes, and tongues, in the name of Jesus from the north to the south to the east and to the west in Jesus name hallelujah let nothing unclean re-enter the clean swept house praise you father and father we pray for the crystal river the living water the abundant grace of God to flow deep into their hearts to fertilize the soil therein that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers these prayers will bear fruit and the fruit will remain in Jesus name and we pray father God in the mighty name of Jesus for an innumerable company of angels of light and of love, the presence of our Lord Jesus, our King, to come upon each of them at some point in time. Your perfect timing, Father. But we know what your will is. You would want not one to perish. Send your angels of light and love. Holy Lord Jesus, please, come upon them in dreams and visions. Hold out your hand and call them by name. We pray, O oh Lord, for your precious mercy to fall upon all of those who are taking part in the revivals this day. And we pray that the presence of the Holy Spirit will rain down upon them, that liquid light and love will touch many. Many will come to the revelation and the glory and the free salvation and the, just the awesomeness of Jesus in such dark times that the harvest would be so much far greater than it would be otherwise. Touch these people in dreams and visions. Lord Jesus, call them by name, we pray, that the will of the Father be done, and that he be glorified in your sacrifice for us all. We pray, O Lord, for the touch of the Holy Spirit, for a deep change to come over your people across this earth, those who know you even now, Maybe they're not perfect, but we pray also, Father, in Jesus' name, that all these evil guns, all these evil earthly weapons that they have will burn, turn red hot and burn their hands. Father, that it will be such a supernatural event that they will fall to their ground, fall to their knees before you, and cry out in repentance, knowing the evil that they were about to commit. We pray, Father God, in Jesus' name, please have mercy upon them. They've been incorrectly taught. They've been misled, in many cases, by their own shepherds. And we just ask you, Father, 
to have mercy upon the shepherds, to have mercy upon the people, to have mercy upon the church, to have mercy upon the people all around the world, that for whatever reason, because of whatever denomination that they're a part of, whatever country that they're a part of, whatever dynamics that are that they're subject to in their lives, that you, Father, through your kindness and mercy, would not hold them accountable for it, and that you would touch them, anoint them, bless them, lift your countenance upon them, lift your face upon them, and give them incredible peace, and allow the movement of the Holy Spirit to raise up a greater remnant bride that has even been conceived since the beginning of time. In the name of Jesus, we pray and thank you, Father. Amen. God bless you all. See you next Friday, Lord willing. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure until you come back for your bride to set her free. Write our names in your book of life. We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice. As we lift your name on high. Renew our mind. Renew our soul. Remove the scars from our past. And deem us righteous. We rebuke all deceptive lies. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. We are the branches on a living tree. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. Until you come back for your bride to set her free. Watch us as we trim our wicks. Our lamps are full. Our hearts are right. Like those five wise virgins we will be. Your bride awaits. Sleep patiently Longing for that blessed sound The dead will rise The churches gather We're praying that We're worthy, Lord To join our family. 
When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? We will endure, and while we wait, we will bring forth the fruit of the light of Christ. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then, we will endure until you come back for your bride to set it free.